Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. And as we continue in that same spirit, in that same position of worship, as the testimonies at that time of song and praise that we just had, Let's just go into the Word of God, but before that, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as you know, we depend on you, Lord. We depend on you for all things, the ones that we know and the things that we do know, Father. And in this moment, Father, we want to concentrate in your Word, in who you are, in your character, in your goodness, Lord. Father, bring your correction, your alignment, your direction, Father, as we open the volume, as we go into your Word, Father. Jesus, we love you. We need you. Have your way among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Today we're going out of the banner, under the banner of show your ID. And I have not decided if this is going to be a two-part kind of testimony series, kind of collection. I don't know how you want to call it. But this is a testimony of the goodness of God in the life of Jesus. And as we go into the volume today, we got to say we're coming into a new season. All around the world, God is underlining. We are in the entrance of a new season in every entrance in life into a place that is important that will hold valuable things you will need to show an id show your id is actually the title that god has given us for this time together and i have no clue if we're going to be able to just finish what he has i i want to feel it in my spirit i want to give it as he he has given it to me and uh and i pray that i'm out of the way he can do whatever he wants in our lives in our hearts looked for look for from the esv version Luke 4, and we're going to go from verse 20 to 22, says like this. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. 21 says, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, all spoke well of him and marveled. And marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Spirit of the living God, Father, lead us into your truth in Jesus' name. As we are going, as we start this that God has given us, I see there's so much, there's so much meat in the bone. There's so much of God in what he's wanting for us to understand today. I want to go a little bit into the text and I want to place it in context. I really want to paint it in the right position of where Jesus was standing. Jesus was coming from, from being confirmed, ID'd by his father while he was getting baptized. He was coming from being baptized in the Jordan by the prophet of the moment, the prophet on shift, let's say like that, the one that God had appointed for the season, for the time that Jesus was walking among us. He was actually walking with the disciples and he had just been confirmed by God. And he, not only that, but he was, he was baptized and he was baptized to fulfill the law. God appreciates the law. He's not under the law. He wanted to not take even a dot of the law, not even a coma, but to live it all. So we will not be hostage of it. That's part of the context. The other part of the context is that after that, he was taken. He was taken. He was taken and tempted. He was taken by the Spirit to be tempted in a dry place, in the desert. That's the context. Jesus was coming from being confirmed. His ID, he showed his ID. God God showed his ID. 
God is showing your ID in this season. God is giving you a faith that shows that He has identified your heart as part of His. He has invested unto you like in Jesus. He has baptized us with fire, with understanding, with knowledge, through the Holy Spirit. He's coming back from being ID'd by God, taken and tempted in the desert. But not only that, He found Himself rooted. Although he was weak, the Bible says that in those days he had been made weak because he had been fasting, actually, and tried in many levels, emotionally, spiritually, physically, he was rooted. He had found himself rooted in that season. In this season, God is wanting us to be rooted, not only identified by God in the season that we're living, not only a church that is strong, identified in the fruits of the Spirit, but a church that is rooted. It's so easy to get caught in the miracles. It is so easy to get caught in the blessings. But God doesn't want us to stop there and get caught in the moment. He wants us to stay rooted. Jesus was found rooted. Is this Joseph's son? Everything in this context is fighting against that declaration. That declaration that Jesus was the son of a man. But Jesus was the son of God. Everyone around us is going to try to see us in this season with the natural eyes. You cannot do that. We're just coming out of a recession. We're just going into a recession. Don't you know we have a pandemic going around? Don't you know that the health services cannot take what you're living? Don't you know that you have to be considerate of others and tolerant of the fears? Don't you know? Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this the death? of a church? This, isn't this a, a moment in history where the church has been kicked out of their buildings? Isn't this the moment that we are not allowed to be congregated? Isn't this? Isn't this Joseph's son? And the last point of this context is that he was out of the desert and he had come back full of power and full of truth. Full of power and full of truth. He had come back from being ID'd, baptized to fulfill the law he had also have been rooted and he had, he had lived through temptation in every level for us not to live under temptation, not to be succumbing into temptation. And he also came back in full power and truth because he lives in us. We can walk in that same power and in that same truth because he is in us. We are his investment to the world. He came back. He came back to teach. He came back to impart, says the Bible. He came back to give away. He came to give away, not to give you a part, impart, give you a part of Him. But He came to give away and to deliver. And lastly, He came to bestow unto us. He came to bestow an anointing, a grace, five points. He came for five things, to teach, to impart, to give away, to deliver, to bestow an anointing, an oil of gladness. In this season, we're seeing a Jesus that is not only coming back, we're not going to live a season as a church that we're only going back, to, going back to buildings. We're coming into a season, a new season that we're going to be identified and identified so we can come back full of power and full of truth. We're coming out of this season stronger than we got in. We're coming out of this season, out of the, all the lockdowns around the world, all of the limitations that we had to gather full of power and full of truth so we can teach, so we can deliver, so we can bestow in people, in our communities in our families, in our friends, over our sons, over our daughters, over our wives. It, it doesn't matter the situation. We have come out full of power and full of truth to bestow a new oil, an oil of gladness. This is the context. 
And in this context, Jesus comes back. And he goes to teach in the synagogue. He comes back to teach in the synagogue and, and he opens the book. He opens Isaiah 61. I, I would say that it's a scroll. Back in the day it would be a scroll, but it's described here by Luke, a physician, as a book. He opens the scroll in a part of Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. And that would say, the spirit of the sovereign Lord. This is what Jesus read in front of them. When he closed the book, he, he rolled up the, the, the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant. This was the scroll that he gave. It was Isaiah and the part that actually has Isaiah 61. We're going to read it in the NIV version for the sake of time. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. What I have, what I've been given by grace, I can give by grace to proclaim good news to the poor, to the ones that don't have the richness of the glory of God that He has given us. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has given me what I need, what is essential to bind up who are broken in their hearts. God has sent us with that oil of gladness that binds up the ones that are broken in their hearts. Not only in their physical, not only in their mind, in their psyches, but also in their hearts, in their emotions. God has sent us to proclaim, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, the freedom that we have more than enough in our spirits, in our minds, in the way that we reason, the perspectives that we handle in the daily, in our emotions, to proclaim freedom, that same freedom that we live for the captives. He has sent us and He has given us enough to bind the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for those captives and to release, to release. Say with me, release. I have been released. You have been released. We are people that release. As we walk through our city, as we walk through our communities, we are people that release. Say with me, I am a person that releases. Not only the ones that are bound, but the ones that are in dungeons. To release those from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I know that it's not common to think about the years that we're living as the favor of God, as the grace of God is upon us. But you gotta say, whenever it doesn't look like it and God calls it, it's gonna come to be. God is the only one that can call the things that are not as they were and He's gonna bring them through. God can call darkness into light and it becomes light. Out of nothing, God creates. And in this year, God has not faltered. He has not shrink back. He doesn't lack strength and power over our lives. We are that church that believes the word of the Lord. Jesus was reading this and he got people upset. The context that he was coming from, the grace that he spoke with, led them to just think on the natural because they couldn't explain it. The comeback of the church into the streets is not going to be explainable. The power, the miracles, the, mar the marvelous that we're going to see in the streets is not going to be able to be contained, but it's also it's not going to be able to be explained. It cannot be explained. It cannot be contained. It can only mean that the Spirit of Jesus has been unleashed through your life, in my life, and through all of us. It's going to see our streets develop in a different way. We got to build it up. God has called us for this. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you and it's upon me because Jesus lives in us. Are you with me? Let's go a little bit deeper. He says that He was, he was giving us all this to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And all of us have put into, into the dirt, 
into a tomb in this season many things. All of us have put relationships, all of us have put emotions, all of us have put job opportunities and projects, all of us have put even family members in this season into a place that we cannot reach anymore. But that oil of gladness comes over us. The same spirit that in Jesus came to do those five things by grace, five, the number of grace, to teach, to impart. We have been called to teach in this season as a church. Let's teach our communities how to get closer to God, to impart the same hope that we have imparted, to give away what we have been given by grace, to be able to deliver, to be able to break the bondage through the grace that we have received and through the truth of our testimony, through that power, through the blood of the Lamb and through the power of our testimony. Let's deliver and let's also bestow a new oil, an anointing, that leads us into understanding ourselves in a different light. Are you with me? Jesus shows us the spirit that he gave us. He's not only coming out of that context. It's not only investing this. It's not only reading this. In the tradition, he read only one part of that book. He only read one verse. In the tradition, he was supposed to re re read three. And when, when he left two out, it was because he wanted to make a point. He was not breaking the law. He was breaking a tradition. A tradition that was not for the context of the truth and the manifestation, the revelation of the love of God that was there that day to make a statement of love. To make a statement of love. God, through your life and in your life, is making today a statement of love. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit. He's moving in an intense way. He came to show us the spirit that He gave us. He shows the authority, the presence of the author in our lives, in the daily. In this season, you're going to have clear eyes in the name of Jesus as we talk right now. In your spirit, in your heart, the Holy Spirit is opening your heart, is opening your spirit to understand the presence of the author in your daily. In every spot that you were a bit blind, God is opening your eyes to see by the power of His presence right there where you are listening to this message, what He has inhabit you for not only what he had put in you the authority the presence of the author but he also is going to open his eye your eyes to what he is inhabiting you for God wants us to know where he's taking us he wants us to have full knowledge of the step-by-step -step life that he planned for us ahead from the beginning from before the foundations of the world are you with me God is with us the person of Jesus when he does all these things it means he's ready to challenge Jesus came full of power, full of truth, to teach and to impart, to anoint, not only the people that were there, but you and me and through us many. But because of that, he challenged the status quo, the balance of the tradition, what had kept people in love with the law and not in love with the one behind the law because they had no revelation. He came to challenge us. He didn't come to challenge the people that are in the streets. He didn't come to challenge the people that are selling drugs, the ones that are using drugs. He didn't come to actually challenge the prostitutes or the people that are stealing or the corrupted or the governments that are not fearing God today. He didn't come for that. He came for you. He came for me. The first day out of desert, the first day out of all this context, he came back and he said, I'm going straight back into the synagogue to teach. And the first appointment I have with my people. In this season, God is confronting us first. We know we have been in a season of pruning. We know God has been changing us. We know that He has been pouring into our life new direction. He has been challenging us. And after that has happened, 
after we have repented and aligned and, and we have followed the directions of the ways of God, the steps that He has ordered for us, He through us, He's going to challenge the unbelievers. And not only through us, I believe in the power of the supernatural. Unbelievers don't need us to be challenged by Jesus. The person of Jesus can come to be in any form or shape to challenge any one of us. And that doesn't make them different. He's coming to challenge us and to challenge the unbelievers and through that the systems of this world. The truth of God comes and permeates like an oil, like that anointing we're talking. He comes and He challenges us and through us, the unbelievers, and through them and us, we are going to see how the systems of this world are challenged. They are challenged through us. In the surface, this word looks, this text looks, well, it doesn't look very offensive. It doesn't look like something that will offend anyone. It doesn't, it doesn't look like it's going to offend anyone at all. But the people didn't like it. If you carry on reading, and this is why I think this is going to be a two Sunday kind of style thing. Because it is just so much and it's so good. I don't want to lose anything. I don't want us to lose anything. I don't want anyone that you share this with to lose anything because God has so much for us. This was not offensive. But underneath the surface, underneath the surface, what He has spoken, He was already. And that's why they marvel. It says, it says that they all spoke well of Him. Another version says that they marvel. Like even further on, it says he marveled at the gracious words, at the words full of grace that he spoke. The ones that were coming out of his mouth. The word of God was speaking the word. Oh my God, that's amazing. The word itself came to say, hey, I am here. I opened the scroll and says in front of your eyes, this has happened. Luke was inferring. He didn't say it's not detailed. Theologians don't know if he explained it before. That he had just written, like we said, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. But he just opened the scroll, he closed it, and he sat down. He just read it. He didn't, he didn't did an extent preaching or an extent teaching out of it. He didn't have to use anything else. But only the power of the grace that was in, in him, that was coming through the words, in the words that he was speaking. It marveled the people. It marveled their hearts. They could see the grace, the grace in his words. And they were marveled. And not only that, it confused them. When God challenges us, sometimes we will get confused. When he's challenging in us our traditions, the way that we perceive, sometimes it will confuse us. But you're saying God is not a God that causes confusion. No, it's not God who causes the confusion. It's when the light hits the darkness. Darkness doesn't know anything else but to hide. Our confusion is a lack of light. And if we're humble in the challenges that Jesus, the person of Jesus and God in this season are coming into our life, we will ask for His wisdom. We will not stay of the confusion. We will come out of the tradition. This is how we have done it before, Lord. But if you have something new, let it be. Give us wisdom in this season, Lord. Are you with me? If we go to Hebrews 412 explains what Jesus, the person of Jesus, or the word as we read it, causes in us. And it says in the international version, 412, Hebrews 412, it says, For the word of God is alive and active. We have been talking in the last Sundays about faith is a substance, it's alive, it's movement, and it's active. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts every way. It cuts your way, it cuts my way, it cuts every way. The word of God is alive and active and is 
is sharper than any double-edged sword. It, it is a thing. It, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Soul, what we cannot touch, and spirit, as we cannot touch it. And the joints and the marrow, the joints, the bone structure, what gives us movement and what is feeling the actual bone, the substance of the bone. It divides the substance and the movement, the way that we move and what gives us substance. The Spirit of God comes to be alive through His Word in us. Without the Word of God, we could not have faith. And without faith, we could not please God. As we have been studying in Hebrews in the last weeks, and it says that it judges, the Word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes. Another version would say the motivations of the heart. In this season, in this moment, and through the text, through the homework that we have today in front of us, through the Word of God brought to us today, not only to you, but to me, as I'm speaking, I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm having conviction because I want to be a person that can deliver that grace, that can give that oil, but sometimes I don't deliver. Sometimes by fear, sometimes by laziness, by slacking, I will not give away by grace what I have received already by grace. But in this season, God is pushing. He's challenging us to be able to challenge them. It before is a them, is an us, always with our Lord. God will never ask us to do something that He already has not won a territory in our hearts about already. That's what it says, Hebrews already, and He judges our thoughts and our attitudes and our motivations. All these words will bring a strong difference. It will bring a strong difference of opinion in your life, in my life, but also in the life of the people that were there in the synagogue. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the, the elite of the religion in that moment. Maybe the ones that thought, okay, I know what God meant with that word. And we have read it 18,000 billion times and we already disconnect every time someone brings it to the table. But today, maybe God has wanted to speak something new. Maybe the Holy Spirit is bringing light and vision and the stature of spirit that we need for this season through this word. In the, in the, substance, in the surface, it was not offensive, but it brought division because underneath it was showing their hearts. They were in love with the tradition. They were not in love with the Father. They were in love with the law, with the letter, and not with the love of the Father for the people. But God Himself, He was actually bringing something new. The difference that He brought in opinion was because God wanted to replace their opinion for a holy opinion, for the opinion that really matters, for the opinion of the Father, for the opinion of the one that had ID Jesus, for the one that IDs you and IDs me today in this season. Are you with me? Church, we have been ID'd. And in this season, we have to show our ID. We have to show this is the way that we're coming into this new season. Show your ID. Show to who you belong. Show the spirit that is in you. Show it through actions that is alive and active in you. Show the word in you in a way that is active and alive. Show the motivations of your heart. Show, show the weaknesses in your heart so people can understand that that grace that shows you, that has identified you, can identify them as well. This is such a deep word. Let's just grab it. Let's just have it all. Their lack of revelation when they were listening to Jesus, prove that they love more the law than anything else. The lack of revelation, the lack of love, made them to be controversial. When we go into the meaning of what is controversial, contro in the Latin means against of or to rebel about. 
if you rebel, if you are against something, you are contra. Controversial. Virtual actually means strong, intelligent, or a great lover. Virtual in the Latin. So it, because they didn't know the love, because they didn't know the Father, because they had no revelation, when Jesus spoke, revealing himself, revealing the promise that they have waited for. Sometimes God wants to reveal unto us things that we have been waiting for seasons upon seasons, the freedom that we only had imagined. And we have asked for it. And if we're a Christian, we have prayed for it. If we have not known Jesus, we have wished for it. But God in this season, like in that season, wants to reveal. And if we don't absorb her, if we don't get the virtual, and we stay with the contra, controversial, we will not understand, we will not have the revelation for the season. We will not have the revelation that is on task, that is on duty for us in this moment. We will not become strong and intelligent. We will not be able to love with a great love. For that's what faith is asking us to do. Believe in the one that has showed him face, his face in this season. Believe in the one that came to teach, to impart, to give us a new oil, to be able to give us, to deliver, to give away. Are you with me? If you want to be that, that faith, that love makes you vibrant. That faith, that idea that we have in the spirit makes us vibrant. It makes us enjoyable. It makes us remarkable. It makes us remarkable means actually worth, worth attention. Something that is worth the attention. The people are going to see that virtual, that, that great lover in you, that, that person of Jesus in you. And they're going to see, they're going to have, they're going to pay attention. You're going to be worth the attention. Like every eye says that everyone was looking at him. All the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on Jesus because he was virtual. He was virtual. He was not controversial. He was virtual. And he, he was worth the attention in that moment. They were amazed. That's another thing that remarkable means. A remarkable means amazing and exceptional. Jesus was exceptional. He was the exception in the room. The love that God has given us has become the exception in the room. Also remarkable means marvelous and extraordinary. And extraordinary. God has given us an extraordinary faith. A move of God, the move of God that is coming is going to be a remarkable, amazing, spectacular, extraordinary move of God. But that is if we're living in that great love, in that intelligent love, in that strong love that Jesus resemble in the text. Those are the things that make us, those are the seven attributes to be vibrant, to be remarkable, to be enjoyable, to be soulful, that our, full, that our soul will be full of His Spirit. In this season and through this word, Jesus came from all that context that I said, confirmed and I did by the Father. He went to the desert to be tempted, but only to defeat the temptations that we would suffer. And also he came out of that beyond the circumstances, being rooted in the word, being rooted in a relationship. He came out of that full of power and truth for us to be vibrant, enjoyable, remarkable, soulful. He, he has given us the authority, the anointing to be inventive. In this season, I believe God is giving us an anointing to invent in new ways how to love people, how to approach people in the midst of their need, in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of the prisons that Isaiah 60 was actually talking about. God is going to give us new ways. A fresh anointing is coming over your life, over my life, over the life of His church. 
his bride around the world. This is a prophetic word from God. I'm making you soulful and I'm making you inventive. I'm making you a church that is admirable. That's, that's one other of these seven attributes. He's making us a church that is admirable. And last, he's making us loving. Before we continue, I want to say them again. Vibrant, enjoyable, remarkable. He's making us soulful. He's giving you an anointing of being inventive. He's also making you admirable and loving. A great love. You are virtual. You're not controversial. You are virtual. Are you with me? And as we start closing, as we talked about the context that Jesus came from and the context that finds us today, as we talked about what Jesus shows us in our spirit, that is his person and what authority he has given us and for what he has given us, that authority. As we talked about what he came to impart when he came that, back of that and in the moment that he's, he's talking to us today through the Bible, we have to say that as we said before, he challenges us. And as we look a little bit more detail into the challenges, if you're that kind of person that takes notes, this is a good, this is a good time. I have given you a lot of beef today to be able to, to write down and to study and to take back into your, your quiet time with the Lord, the time that you meditate with Him, all these attributes, all that, all those five names of grace, of teaching and imparting and giving and delivering and bestowing anointing, but also that the vibrant to enjoy and as we said, remarkable, soulful, soulful, inventive, admirable and loving. We have to say that Jesus came to challenge. And what did he challenge? What is Jesus challenging in us in this season? What is God challenging over the whole table, across the table, around the world? The first thing he's challenging is our routines. The way we used to do things. The way that we are used to doing things. God, Jesus, was challenging the routines of the people in the synagogue. It had to be three verses if you're going to come and teach. But he said, with one is enough. I am the word. The way I speak, I bring it to life. In this season, God is going to change. He's going to challenge our routines. He's also going to challenge our ideas. You had it? Routines, ideas. Not only that, He's going he's gonna to challenge the, the way that we understand the law, the way that we stand under the law. There are certain things that are wanting to contract us, that wanted to engage us from the law, spiritually, religiously, and even outside in the streets, but that they don't go with what the vocation of God is in our lives. Are you with me? Jesus is challenging them through you and through me. God is challenging. Jesus is challenging in us and in the people in that moment in the synagogue, our religious culture. What we thought it was right to say. What we thought we couldn't say. The way that we have sugar-coated truth so we would have acceptance from the people. The church is getting out of this sugar-coated gospel into a gospel that is full of power and the redemption and the, and the fire of Jesus itself but is only if we allow Jesus to challenge our religious culture our doctrine a doctrine that is trying to separate people because I think this is the was that is what is most important in the gospel or the other this time God is calling all his church all his bride to be united in one spirit maybe we will have differences in theology in our doctrines but God the love of God is what is the main theology. We have to put again uh, to rest the things that we have against each other in doctrine to be able to be united in what is, is worth anything. What is true value? That is actually His love, His plan. He's actually challenging our slavery to the law and our self-esteem. The way that we esteem ourselves in front of others. Like in the people in the synagogue. These people were actually bearing in mind his natural state. 
And they were trying to do that because the grace of the words that were coming out of him was so strong that they needed to explain why if they had studied, why if they were so prepared, they could not have that grace. The world is not going to understand the grace. The people in your job are not going to understand the grace. Sometimes that is upon you and that's, that's, that's going to be challenging. That's going to challenge them. That's not going to make you always completely love and accept it. But God has called you to have that grace because that grace is to influence through love, through peace, through truth. Are you with me? He's going to challenge the way you see yourself. You're not better than anyone, but you're called to give the love that makes us all better. To be able to resemble that love that makes us all better. That greater love, that virtual love, that strong, intelligent love. He's also going to challenge the position, our culture of positioning ourselves. And with this, I want to stop a second. I don't know if you're with me. I like to get things done. One of my love languages is actually working. I love when things happen. I don't like when I see either myself, my kids, my, 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 my friends, anyone around me in my life slacking. I don't like that at all. But sometimes because of that, we will have developed a culture of positioning ourselves through what we do. In this season, God wants to humble us. He wants to first humble us as His church, as His people then the world, then the systems. Because nothing, no position in this world gives us the right not to love vigorously, strongly, radically like Jesus did. The position of Jesus was a position of servant. The culture of positioning in the church has to be shifted into a servant positioning, into a, a culture of serving, of sacrifice in the church. God is calling us to grow, to mature, to grow into the standard, to grow into the stature, to grow into the full potential of our service to Him and to our communities, to the people around us. God is wanting that kind of position. Are we positioned to serve in this season? God is asking us, just look over your life and do you see me challenging the way that you have positioned yourself in society, in your building, in your job, with your family, with your friends, in your relationship? Is that positioning you to serve or to look better? To, to look at, at, at yourself in a different light than mine. The last two, he's challenging the knowledge, the revelation, essentially, that we have of the heart of God. He's challenging our prophetic understanding, the way we stand under what we know of the heart of God. Some of us will hold into things that we understood in the last season, but that's not enough for this one. God wants us to go deeper into the heart of God. He came, he came to challenge their understanding in the synagogue of who God was and who He was. And through that, He's challenging who we understand He is in our lives today. The Word of God comes today to challenge the revelation that we have of His heart, of who He is. Because if we know who He is, we will know who we are. It is only through Him it's only through knowing Him that we know who we are. Show your ID. It's time to show your ID. And with this, I'll start closing. He came to challenge your motivations. Why are you serving God? Why are you doing what you're doing? Don't get me wrong. Don't stop doing it. But allow the Holy Spirit to show some light into the motivations. Don't get me wrong, I don't, I'm not giving you a, a license to be slappy and slacky in the world and the business of the Father. 
I'm not saying stop doing because you have the wrong motivation. By the contrary, get your motivations in line, in the direction of God. So the fruits that will bear your actions will be great and they will stay. So they will bear fruit that, and fruit that is good and that stays like the Bible has promised. And in closing now, he came to challenge it, but how? He came to challenge it through actually asking our religion out of the book and into the streets. Jesus would say, hey, you have read about it, but here I am. He closed the book, he sat down, he actually told, told the synagogue, this is it. I am the fulfillment of that. I came to do exactly that. I am that one that you're waiting for. He's asking us to read the Bible, to know the words, but he's asking us that that religious side of us stays there, but the truth comes back to the street. The truth that we have read has to be exhibited in the streets. He also is asking us to bring out from the text and bring it back to flesh, bring it into actions because he's alive and active. As it says in Hebrews 4.12, he's also asking us that our ideas, that idea that we have that God is so good becomes a now. God is good now. It becomes actions for the people around us. It becomes feelings for the people around us when they meet us, that they see actions. They can feel the goodness of God. They are amazed. They are marveled at the grace in our words, in our actions, as they were amazed that day because Jesus lives in us. That's the power. That's the promise. That's who lives in you and me. And to finish, it says that he's going to challenge that through associating what we where we are living with what our faith says in the book. All of us would like when the, the Bible says great promises, it promises great things for us, but we are challenged when it demands from us action. They were happy to read about Isaiah. They have read it so many times, but when he said, this is it, I am the action part of this, and he challenged their status quo, that same thing is happening today. God is challenging us to put into action, to, to bring that association between what we have read and the faith that we exhibit as we close. And I know the Holy Spirit has been talking unto us through Luke, through Isaiah 61, and through Hebrews. The Lord has been asking us to show our ID. He has been asking us to see what person we have believed in. And that has been in the person of Jesus. Maybe you have been walking with God, but you have lost your fire. Maybe you have been walking with God, but in this season, you don't know where to go. This is the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now exhibit your faith. It's active and it's alive. Exhibit your faith. This is the promise. He has given you the grace to teach, to impart, to give away, to be able to heal, to give anointing of gladness over to the people. He has given you that. He has been able to equip you with what the people need around you. Wake up. You're not poor. You have been freed from the dungeon of darkness, he says the Bible. He has given you all that so you can actually mend the brokenhearted. This season, God is empowering us so we can show our ID. And our ID is what gives us access to the promises, into the people, into the strats of spheres of society. He has given us a vocation to be able to be a display of His glory. Today, God comes and says, I want you to display my glory. I have identified you. I have baptized you with my spirit. I have named you. I have been able to overcome your temptations. 
I have died for your sins, the ones you've done and the ones you're going to do. It is paid for. Just repent. I have called you by name. I, I see you with honor. These are the words of the Lord for you today. Wake up, all you sleeper. Shine. Like Isaiah 60, we say, shine because your light has come. This season, God has anointed us for more. If you find yourself without that, now in the name of Jesus, I pray that everything in your body, everything in your mind, everything in your spirit that doesn't align with this word now, it is dry, it is overcame, it overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, every infirmity, every weakness in, in our character, in our sexual life, Father, in our finances, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, comes to be healed, comes to be restored, comes to have a new oil of gladness upon. Father, in the name of Jesus, a restoration, Father, that teaches, Father, that imparts, Father, that gives away with the same grace, Father, that, that cannot allow us, Lord, to stay still. Father, that faith, Father, that word that keeps us alive and active, Father. Father, that word that keeps us, Father, divided, how, do, how we move and the way, and the way that we want to move, Father. The one, the same word that gives us the energy to be sustained, Father. In your spirit, in your truth, Father, have your way. Your restoration in Jesus' mighty name. Over my brother, over my sister, right there, where there, this meets them. In the name of Jesus, Lord. If you have not taken a decision for Jesus and you today find yourself that you want that grace, that you want that in your heart, that you want that vocation to be a difference in the community, in society, to only portray His glory. If you're wanting to put yourself aside so you can give yourself as a living sacrifice, if you don't know what this means, that means if you want to be free. If you want to follow a Jesus that makes you free, that came to make you free, to trade your sadness, your sorrow, your depression, your lack, your incapacity for fresh capacity, fresh power, a fresh opportunity. If you want to do that, today is the day. You came to the right place. You're looking at the right thing. And you can repeat with me after this. Spirit of the living God, Father Jesus, I know that I have committed many wrong things. You know them better than I. But Father, I give them to you. I ask you for your forgiveness. And I give you my life, Lord. I give you my mind. I give you everything, Lord. And I accept you. I ask you to be my Lord, my only Lord, and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said those words, you repeat it after me. The Word of God comes to you to empower you, to give you a grace and a new beginning. Don't be surprised if things start happening around you that are not normal because there's a grace, there's a favor that has come into your life because you professed with your mouth. You not only believed, but you professed there where you are that you needed Him to be your only Lord and Savior. He forgave your sin because you repented. And as you repent, as you see all the areas in your life, believe me, He will keep on making you free and more free and free indeed. Have a great, great, great afternoon. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing word. Remember, Hope Kids is coming now at 4.30. And then now during the week, we have the Anchor of the Week that has been amazing. And not only that, we have on Saturdays, we have a feeding program in the streets of the city here in London. If you want to donate towards that, please. It is making a great difference over many, many families and people that are in our city. 
We have pictures, we have videos, we're going to start popping in a lot of things. There's many testimonies. You have heard of testimonies. God is doing a great thing. He's doing a new thing in the life of people. Have a great afternoon, a great evening, a great morning, wherever this catches you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.